0: This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. The best of Steve Allen.
1: Morning, everybody. I hope your weekend has started well. I'm with you for the next couple of hours to ease you gently into your Saturday morning. In an hour's time, I'll be in conversation, and I'll be telling you who I'll be talking to this week a little bit later on. Before that, I'll give you a chance to catch up on some of the best bits from the 4am spike this week. What do you mean you missed some of the programme? expect a note from your parents or your doctor at the very least so over the next hour the best of steve allen you'll hear what grabbed my attention over the past week from the massive stories we've all been reading and talking about to the barely z-listers that we have to google just to remember who they even are don't bother please texting tweeting or emailing me about what you're having for breakfast because i don't care or what your favorite biscuit is i couldn't care less at the best of times, anyway. I'm Steve Allen, and I'm with you until 7 o'clock this Saturday morning. So sit back, open your ears, and enjoy the conversation. So on, 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 Sunday, uh, I worked in the morning, did the programme, went home, had a little sleep, got a car into town, and somebody said to me, it's going to rain. And I went, Oh, so I can cope with a bit of rain. Should I take an umbrella? No. Should I drive? No. I'm ju- I, to be honest with you, I'm glad I didn't drive. So I got a car and uh, got to the Albert Hall. Well, you have to walk all the way round. If you get to the front entrance of the Albert Hall, you've got to go all the way around the back to go to the box office to collect tickets. Because Cliff had left tickets uh, for me and my friend Warren, uh, who's known Cliff long, long time, and Robin and everybody else who looked very, very well. And, um, and so we go all the way around the back and there's a queue of people there. And like, oh, it's going to take forever. And by that time it had started to rain. So everybody's tried to shelter, but they've taken away the glass from the awning around the outside of the airport. So in fact, you were just getting wet. So people were in doorways and stuff like that. And it was, uh, it was lovely. It was lovely. And the queue that I thought I was in, I had to say, cause somebody had said to me, I bumped into this lady and she said, there'd be a queue around there. She said, they're not queuing for tickets. They're queuing for returns. So bypassed them and go round. So I, I bypassed and, you know, and I and I got the the ticket. So we were in a box. Clifford very kindly put us in a box. Uh, and we knew we were going to be in a box with Sir Tim Rice, Paul Gambaccini and his husband, and John Reed and his husband as well. So I thought that was quite nice. So we, we we get into the box, and the box is at the Royal Albert Hall. This one's seated eight. One, two, three, four, five. Eight people in the box and at the back there's a table where if you order drinks and stuff like that they can actually put it on the uh, the back and it was it was really lovely so we're sitting in there and we're looking at and we were in box nine box nine's a very good box you're close enough to the stage it's nice you can look over and it was packed as you can well imagine cliff's fans are absolutely amazing and at the age of 78 I mean, seriously, he sounds, you know, like a 15, 16-year-old. He doesn't sound his age at all. He was having to save his voice at the party afterwards, but that's uh, that's another story. So we're sort of sitting there, and we're looking at, we took a couple of pictures of the hall, which I tweeted, and um, and then the door opened, and these four ladies appeared. So I'm looking at them, and they're sort of, hello, she says, this first woman to us. We went, hello, and she went to a friend, do you want to sit down the front? I'm thinking... I said, um, "Are you sure you're here?" I said, "Because we know the people who are supposed to be in this box, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's you at all." Yes, yes, yeah, we're definitely in this box. So they went to sit themselves down. Warren said to, "Show me your tickets, because this is odd. Because this, this isn't your. We knew who was in our box. We'd been told. In fact, literally five minutes before these ladies arrived." We'd seen the, the guest list and somebody, had, the, the lady with the guest list, Tanya, I think, had said, oh, it's not going to be John Reed; He's stuck in Scotland. Instead, it's Elaine Page. Well, that's OK. That's fine by me. And she was right in front of us. And, um, and so we knew who was going to be in our box. It was it was a private box for Cliff. And I think the next one to it and the one to it and the one after that as well. I think there were about four different boxes which all had uh, sort of Cliff's uh, friends and family in, which was lovely. And um, and so the, this woman get, gets the ticket. Actually, there you are, nine. He went no grand tier nine. You're up the top. You're with the oxygen people. And so she. Went, oh, so anyway, very very kind. They all sort of left, obviously, which is which is quite normal actually. And um, and so they went up there. And then our lot started arriving, which was lovely. Tim Rice is so tall. He of course bumped into Elaine Page. Well, they used to go out. Tim Rice and Elaine Page were an item. And. Um, and said so that but they were it was all very lovely we were sitting there i was chatting to tim rice about music that he'd written he was telling me oh this song was written by Sir. he was he's very knowledgeable very interesting chatting away to gambo and it was all just lovely so we had the show halfway through the second half something must happen because all of a sudden hundreds of people were streaming down the aisles in the middle of the hall which was packed and they go and stand at the front of the stage. So, obviously, these are people who have seen Cliff's show before and know exactly what happens at any one time. He, you will go down the front and you're allowed to stand there. No, nobody sort of pushes people away because th- these were people of a certain age. But they loved it. Seriously, these people loved it. And then afterwards, we went upstairs uh, to this private party. We had wristbands for the private party, which was... Ju- it was like a meet and greet. Lord Lloyd Webber was there. Michael Grade was there. Um, Oh, there were loads of people, loads... Bonnie Lithgow was there. Bonnie was the person who had told Cliff to listen to my programme and he went through all those silly, stupid things which annoyed everybody for ages and ages. And she was the one who said to him, you need to listen to Steve Allen in the morning, that'll kind of get you out of this sort of thing. And so he became addicted to listening to the programme and he started listening all the time and that's how we we met, basically through through Bonnie Lithgow, who uh, is partly between here and Australia she flits backwards and forwards and so is able to catch the program. She was lovely. She was in the next box to us. So chatty way. Calabro were there. Uh, Cliff did a little speech as well but saving his voice because he had a show on the Monday to do uh, last night. And uh, if you were lucky enough to go to it, well I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was it was really lovely. Really lovely. His voice was in fine form. The backing band he had for for this show were great. Uh, Bruce Welsh was there and um, the drummer of the shads brian bennett was there and it was it was just really lovely it was really nice mind you ably assisted by a bottle of champagne which cost the best part of 100 pounds for vintage whatever it was but we all think so over 100 pound but you don't do it very often i might do it once every 3 years so i didn't think it was it was that bad but uh, and then i got got outside to get the car to get me back home again it was Tipping down, I mean tipping. I mean, like rain, like you've never seen. We were going through puddles. We had flooding and twicken and everything. So when I finally got in, I thought to myself, I'll have something to eat. And I thought, you know, I haven't got the strength. I'll just have a sip of water and then climb into bed. And that's exactly what I did. It was lovely. Then I sent a a text message to Cliff uh, saying, "Thank you very much, indeed. Fantastic night. Really, really good. It was, and everybody loved it. All his fans. They're so loyal." unbelievably loyal. It's a bit like fans to LBC and to all the different presenters. You know, there's there's such an amazing amount of loyalty. So, all in all, it was lovely. And then Cliff's in the papers today, because at one point they said he was booing the BBC. They've made it sound what it wasn't. He mentioned the BBC, did so-and-so, so-and-so at the BBC... And all of a sudden there were a few people and they went, boo, boo. And he said, I know how you feel, he said, because I've been there myself. He said, but it was, I'm dealing with the higher echelons in the BBC. He said, all the people, the DJs, the engineers, the producers and things like that have always been really nice to me. And uh, he said, so get it out your system. So he went, boo, every time I met at the BBC. But he only did it a couple of times. But it was, it was almost pantomime-ing, which is, which is appropriate for the picture that's in the paper today of Cliff uh, and Jimmy Tarbuck. And who else was there? Tommy Steele and somebody else, and then Cliff. And they'd been honoured at the London Palladium for their longevity, the Panto stars. And uh, having seen him, I tell you, if that's what seventy-eight looks like, I can't wait to get there. I want to be. Uh, I want to be seventy-eight. So all in all, it was it was absolutely fantastic, and uh, we had a, a great great night. So thanks to everybody, and thanks to the audience because you made it what it was. Every time Cliff's hit, hips, they did a swivel. The crowd went mad, and, uh, as I say, they're very, very supportive.
0: This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC.
1: There's a woman here who lost five stone. Why? Uh, And she's a stocky jockey. Uh, She ditched crisps and chips by being fat-shamed by her horse. The horse, who's a Welsh cob called Rio, uh, went on a strict diet after the podgy pony ballooned to 81 stone. So she's now got a much healthier... Because it's so easy just to feed animals. And you do get pictures, don't you, in the paper. This is somebody's cat. You know, the thing is the size of a small dog. And, um... Did the vet tell you off? Did you... Oh, you've overfed the cat. It's so easy to do because cats... Actually, I'm not sure if it's cats that overeat or dogs that overeat. I thought dogs... Whatever you put down... As long as, long as you keep putting food down, dogs will just keep eating. Give me, give me more, 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 more. And you've got to try and work it all out. But but cats... Oh, do you get in trouble with the vet? You wanna be in trouble with the vet, do you? Not yes, the cat's lost weight. Rest of the family stayed exactly as they were. That's the trouble, isn't it? I don't think our cat I mean, I used to look at our cat with sort of bit of bit of sadness, really, because the food looked so unappetizing. It really there was nothing on a cold winter's morning that said tuna. You know, than the cat's bowl. And also, if it had left it there from the last night, my mother would get the fork and mash it all up again to make it look as though it was fresh. The cat was not stupid. The cat would look at it and go, it's yesterday's. We're not eating it. It's yesterday's food. And you go, come on, here we go. Look, I tell you what, if we turn it over with the fork, the cat would go, don't be stupid. I'm a cat. I'm very intelligent. I'm not eating it. Give me some fresh stuff. OK, so let's let's add a few little crispy bits in it. I'm not fooled. You're not know cats alike. It's only dogs that go and collect sticks. Cats sit there going, you go and collect the stick. I'm not collecting the stick. Here we go. Go and collect the ball. No, I shall lie here. I'll put a paw out to stop it, and that'll be as far as it goes. I am not getting up, okay? A friend of mine used to have a Lena Zavaroni record. And the friend of mine said, Oh, have you got that for the cat? And she said, Yeah. He said, "Oh, does do she like Lena's Zavaroni? She said, "No, it's the only thing that gets her through through the cat flap on a wet night. She Gets out the house as quick as possible. Because some cats sit out. I used to sit outside. My my father would open the back door. We couldn't afford a cat flap. That was the back door. And um and the and and the cat would sit there, looking out. The rain would be tipping down. My dad going off you go, Candy. And the cat would sit there going, I'm not going out in that. It's wet. So eventually, he'd shove its bottom out." It's quite comical when you think about it. And the cat would shoot under the car and just sit there staring at him. Not a happy cat. And then it would sort of you know, have to sit there all night waiting for the waiting for the rain to subside, but it never did.
0: The best of Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Fiona Bruce fans were left red faced when she talked about Oh she was she was touring a sex club. Huh? Fiona Bruce was touring a sex club. Antiques Roadshow's gone off a bit, hasn't it, since I was there? I mean, years ago, we just called it a poker and, uh, and done with it. Now, apparently, it's a sex club. And uh, in the parachute murder plot, uh, Fiona Bruce read out a sign above a... I can't even tell you. This programme is not is not qualified to talk about these sort of things. And then she said, right, and told viewers that men would, in there. Well, I ca- that's as far as I can tell you. I can't tell you anything else. And um, uh, for, for the, there's a former club owner and he was seen at the... Mm, I can't talk about. And with his... Mm, there as well. Apparently he made a married lady in her 40s cry. I mean, What was Fiona Bruce doing this thing for? Apparently somebody said it's not right. Willys and Fiona Bruce. Not in the same sentence. I mean, have you ever heard of such a thing? I mean, there's things in there even I don't understand, which is quite rare in this day and age, because I understand everything. When we used to get the ice cream man, Mr Whippy, around, little did I realise. (laughs) Ha, ha! By Jove, you went round the back there and you got crushed nuts, I tell you, you were in for a good time. Steve, are you putting Mr Whippy on the same par as neon truck driver, says Jim?
0: (sighs) Pfft! Well, what do you think? This is LBC. Here, Steve Allen live every Sunday morning from five and Monday to Friday morning from four. This week,
1: woman has baby. Well, I should imagine they were trying from day one. I mean, you you seriously think she's going to move into the royal family and they're not trying for children? Of course they are. That's what Harry's there for. Harry, do your duty. And um, and so she's pregnant and they announced that. And I can't remember whether they announced it at Eugenie's... Wedding. I mean, you know, you you got um, the one with no class in the royal family. That's Sarah Ferguson. Oh, hello. 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 It's me, Sarah, back again. Woo! look. Prince Philip really loves me. No, he doesn't, dear. He still doesn't like you at all. And so don't. Anyway, the moment they heard the story about Meghan is pregnant, uh, you know, with Harry, two things happened. First of all, uh, Kensington Palace couldn't confirm to the journalists whether or not they told her father. You know, basically, what do you mean Kensington Palace confirms they haven't told the father? Is that difficult to pick up a telephone? Hi, Dad, I'm pregnant. No, let's not tell him. Let's leave it up to the newspapers. It really is honestly a bit of a shallow disaster. And, uh, and then Sarah Ferguson, seeing the heat drawing away from her lovely little daughter, Sarah, the gurning one, says, uh, you know, thank you for my amazing dress. It was obviously a freebie because she thanked all the, all the right people. So uh, nice to know you haven't got any money, Sarah. But anyway, she turns up, anyway, she then says, oh, my lovely daughter got married, blah, 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 blah. Totally omitting um, the fact that Megan was pregnant. Because in the hierarchy, Sarah, as you well know, you're just the one with the toe-sucking incident and the fact that nobody likes you to your daughter, who nobody's particularly bothered about. And then Meghan getting pregnant. You can imagine. I mean, two plugs. for. Oh, yes, another one. Sarah. Sarah the Duchess. <laughs> no class, Sarah. That's the trouble. No class at all. It's no good trying to pretend you've got class. You haven't. And that's why, you know, you're sort of, you'll sort you always be the outcast from the royal family. If she and Andrew, you know, decide to get married again, well, bully for them. Who cares? What What the baby's going to be called, I've got no idea. I don't know if it gets an HRH or... Or something like that, but anyway, apparently they, they'd already decided that it was okay for her to travel being pregnant. Well, of course, it is, but it's great publicity, and it now means that they've taken away all the publicity from Eugenie and the barman she's married. They they they, they they've disappeared now. That's all finished. You know, they they can go whistle as far as they're, they're concerned because it's all about uh, about Meghan and about Harry. It's not about anybody else at all. In fact, it won't be an HRH. All right. Unless the queen decides it can be, oh well, there you go. Prince Andrew selling his Bentley Flying Spur. Well, why would he? Why would he want to? I did not even know why he'd had one. He gets a free Land Rover. Normally, a car with royal connections is more more than the market's value. Ninety-four. That depends what year it is. Ninety-four could be about the right price. It depends. I could I could find out quite quickly. Uh, Shane says the royals fooled the media here in Sydney. The media thought they were on a British Airways flight, but they were on Qantas the other day. Ah, right. It's obviously free, but you don't think they pay for these things, too? It's all free. That's why it would be a it'd be something sponsored, wouldn't it? Mm. Is that Andrews? Uh, we found his uh, he spent twenty fifteen. Oh well, that's about right price then for twenty fifteen. Yes, and this is stunning Bentley. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It was used by as his formal means of uh, transport, registered with his private number plate AYO three doy or, or de. And it's a Bernardo Green, whatever I think God's name that is. Touch screen navigation system, remote central locking, electric heated seabird, walnut, parking. I love this electronic parking brake. We've all got that. And a power boot. All got that. And over rugs and everything else. Eight speed automatic. All got that. Boring, boring, boring. And so it's got digital tuner for front screen and uh, topaz paint protection film to body of motor car. I would think that was quite good value, actually, for 90 odd thousand quid. It's worth it. I would think, and it comes with provenance. Look, Prince Andrew's been in here. Do you think he's had the seats horizontal? Of course he has. Of course he has. It looks exactly the same. In s- no, I mean that in a caring way. Obviously, because he's, he's quite big now, isn't he, really? And, uh, no, it looks all right. I'm not sure about the colour, actually. I don't think green sells very well. I wouldn't buy a green car. Something a bit It's a bit of a naff green, isn't it? Not one of my favourite colours. I've got uh, grey. Sort of like a gra- between a grey and a graphite kind of thing. But uh, not called Isla Bonita Green. And uh, and there it is. Lovely, if you like it. I wonder how many miles it got on the clock. Because it got a lot of miles on the clock. How, how many? 11,500. Oh, that's about right as well. About 11,500. I've got a few more on mine. But then it came with just a, a few more as well. So, flying spur, Mullinus specification. That's all I got as well. Whew. Exciting, isn't it, really? But uh, no, that's about, about right, right price. Right price, Ron. Uh, and s- somebody says Pippa Middleton's heavily pregnant too. Looks like they're having a royal baby spree. No, all we know is Peter. There's a lot of sex going on in the royal family, isn't it? That's all they're doing. Pippa's not. R- no, but she's sort of royal by association, isn't she? Really. And also, she's got that great ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not my words. That's what somebody else said about. Because at one time they thought Prince Andrew. I'm oh, me interested. Uh, they thought Prince. Pr- sorry, Prince. <laughs> Prince. Oh, I don't know. I bet Prince Andrew saw as well. But Prince-, Prince Harry. They were going. Oh, he looks like he's a bit keen. And uh, and then, lo and behold, he manages to find a, a little-known actress. Uh, also, who will be the latest royal baby's godparents? Go on, all together. Who cares? Who cares? No, they make it out as if, you know, Harry's firing blanks or something. You know, uh, they're obviously having unprotected sex. The whole idea is you get married and he's got to produce some children. Obviously because he's getting on a bit and she's going, you know, let's have some children. Got, it's not like they need to worry about, can we afford it? Well, we have to go to a bring-and-buy sale to get cheaper clothes for the baby.
0: This is the best of Steve Allen on
1: LBC. Steve, listening to one of your recent shows, you said no one wears pyjamas now. I do. So what should I be wearing, if anything? Well, nothing. Just wear your pants in bed. Oh, stop it, honestly. Of course you do. You just wear your pants. You don't... You wear pyjamas. Girly. (laughs) I haven't worn pyjamas for years doesn't make me a bad person, does it? Oh, obviously, yes. Why would you want to wear pyjamas? What's the point of wearing pyjamas? What is the point? Comfortable. So in other words, you take your clothes off and then put more clothes on, but they're bed clothes. What for? What for? What is the point of it? There is no point at all. So you get in, you've had your clothes on, all day, and then somebody says you take them off. I assume you take them off, then you climb into bed. No, no, no. He takes his clothes off, then he puts on other clothes. Why? Is this in case there's a fire and you've got to rush out into the street and they go, oh, he's here in his pants again. And, you know, as opposed to, oh, look, nice, nice pyjamas. I just don't see the point. I used to have um, a dog years ago with a zip on his tummy and used to keep your pyjamas in there. And so you don't and then you put the, the dog. I was young once and, and you put, put the dog on the pillow and that's what people used to do. And you could some people put their, their pyjamas under the pillow, don't they? Or something like that. And, and and pajamas are all so boring, they're straight. striped. What's the point of that? What is the point of having striped pajamas? Absolutely pointless. It doesn't make any difference unless you're going to sort of get up in the middle of the night to go to the loo or something like that. Oh, so we don't have an ensuite. And so so we have to go and use the communal bathroom where there could be somebody in there, and then you so you're standing in there in your pants and somebody knocks on the door. Well, in my case, I mean that would be a matter of calling the police. you know I'd be frightened, who the hell's that? Somebody's managed to get in. But no, pyjamas now, so you don't... What if the post... Oh, God. Well, I don't know. You just ignore it. Let the postman put a card through the door. You go and collect it later. So you'll wake up if the postman rings and go to the front. No, of course not. Nobody does that. I'd rather wait for the postman to stick a card through the door. My postman's brilliant. I have so many post people. I have to call the post people because the, the, there is one woman. Do you own a dressing gown, says Simon. Do I ever... I've got the dressing gown to end all dressing gowns from Bryn and Annie over in La Belle, France. Paul says, I'm wearing a rather fetching padded silk bed jacket at the moment. Yeah, but that's just gay, isn't it? I mean, you know, bed jackets. I mean, come on. Every mother's had a bed jacket. (laughs) Uh, Nicholas says, I love pyjamas. In fact, I have a dedicated pyjama drawer. I will go to the nightwear department in a shop first. My husband and children think it's hilarious. Yes, I know. I need to get a grip. I know. You have a pyjama drawer as well. The producer has a pyjama drawer. I'm I'm surrounded by mad people.
0: The best of Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Prince Harry has been speaking for the first time since it was announced he and his wife Meghan are expecting their first child. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex are in Sydney, where they've begun a 16-day tour. Earlier the couple were given their first baby gifts, a cuddly kangaroo and joey. You know, I was only thinking, and good morning, I was only thinking years ago, when the, when the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh used to go on royal visits, they would be given everything. I think at one point they were given an elephant. And they were given diamonds and jewellery and this and that. Now, you go to Australia, they give you a blooming cuddly teddy bear thing. You know, which over there they don't have teddy bears, so they ended up with a, with a joey. You can imagine going, that's lovely. OK, thank you. I mean, they're going, sorry, where are all the diamonds? Where, do you have any diamond mines here? Could we have some diamonds? And so they get a cuddly joey, you know, which looks like it probably cost about threepence, and a pair of Ugg baby boots. They're going, I'm sorry, we have those in our country as well. and We don't want the kid to be... I mean, it's a baby. At what point in its life is he going to be wearing Ugg boots? Do let me know. Called Ugg because they're ugly. So they are be given those. And, and, they, and they get quite excited. Because let's face it, remember, he'd, he'd, he'd never been... ...to a Bucklins. So Harry saw it and thought it was a circus. I mean, seriously, we are... And and when we discovered listening to him, bless his heart... Oh, they've been given two joeys. One called Harry, one called Megan, I suppose. But um, they have a lot of touching going on... ...which, of course, you know, in Harry's early days... ...there was a lot of that going on. Here is... Oh, look at that, Harry's really excited. Is this free? No, you have to pay for it. Uh, Okay, Uh, how much is that worth? Uh, Threepence. Fourpence. Who knows? There you go. And we'll have a picture taken with it because it was really cheap. And Harry's going, yes, it's come from the gift shop, I think, at the uh, at the Sydney Opera House. And here's his little pair of Ugg boots as well. Oh, thank you. What are they, says Harry? They're Ugg boots. It's a, We're having a baby. We're not having a five-year-old. We're having a baby. OK, we've got somebody who can look after this for us. And so he then passes the Ugg boots on to his aide-de-camp. Or Leading Britain's conversation, the best of Steve Allen on LBC. On the programme this morning, I'd better introduce you. We have a new producer, OK? She's a new girl, she's a bit nervous. Try and, try and be gentle with her. What's your name, Poppins?
2: Uh, Kate Garraway, sir. Kate
1: Garraway, okay. Oh, what, Kate? Oh, the Kate Garroway.
2: <laughs> well, <A-K-Garroway>. a Kate <laughs> Garroway.
1: What <laughs> the dickens are you doing on my programme?
2: I'm here to produce
1: you. Oh, dear God.
2: Um, dear uh, God. It's all part of my big 24-hour job hub, Steve.
1: How many jobs are you doing?
2: Uh, I think we're at about 19 jobs now. We're doing 24 in 24 hours. And uh, and yours is the biggest.
1: Oh, <laughs> undoubtedly. Um, I
2: came from you... Must be, pretty... you actually get
1: a cup of tea from Head Boy.
2: Head Boy, yeah. Have you, ever,
1: I, have you noticed, no, yours has come.
2: I think yours has been grated by you know.
1: <laughs> it's nice experts. to see you at this time. Isn't
2: it lovely to be? Well, you see, now you you think that I'm not, but I listen to you at this time, pretty much every morning. You coincide nicely with my other job over at ITV. <laughs> So I get to listen to you, but it's a bit weird listening to you and then realizing you're actually in the same room and also I've got to slightly produce you. Aren't you unproducible though? Steve? Oh no, don't
1: say that because somebody else said that. It's, it, when when you say unproducible, what happens is that Oh you creep. Look at me rustling papers. papers. I got... I'm rustling papers to no, make it look like I'm doing stuff. I slurp tea. There you go. Oh, I slurp I like tea that. at this time <laughs> of the morning, which is the best thing to do. No, producing <laughs> me is yes. it's not like doing a phone in because I don't do phone in. I just do Whatever stories are in the papers. Mm, And so every morning I actually come in, I pick up the papers, the producer will will go through and he'll sort of go, I I quite like that story. He'll say, Oh no, I don't like that. I do say that. Yeah, do you? He he gets really cross, but I I go, sod it. I don't care. It's one of those sort of things. Listen, <gasps> at this time of the morning.
2: I'm on Patreon of the Sun. Look at that.
1: <laughs> who is Didn't that? Oh, that? I know who that is. That's uh, Christina Rianoff.
2: That's Christina Rianoff, but that's Art. This, this 24-Hour Job Pop is next to it on yes, Patreon of next the Sun.
1: next on of the Sun. Wow. I know. Look at that. That's why I turned the paper over. You notice I've turned over little bits of the paper. Oh, right. Because I knew that you'd get to the that's papers your pre-show after. Pre-show prep. Me. That, that's kind of pre-show mm, prep. Because on this programme, we have three hours. Yes. So you have three hours when mm. you do a programme as well. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And
1: on that do that for you do what look at the papers. look at the papers Um, actually to to be
2: honest we'd kind of read the paper I mean there there will be there'll be scores of people right now combing the papers but when I get in, jump in my my taxi to come into work I do have a pile of papers that I go through so yeah I go through them as well And what
1: are you looking for
2: um basically I'm looking to see for me I'm thinking what's on the front page what's happened what's the take on the world Um, and then, obviously, talking to the producer about big events that have happened overnight, just like you. I do exactly Um, the same. If it's something really
1: big, then the producer will line up a couple of guests, but most of the time, they Mm. leave it to me, and I go through. So, obviously, today is, I'm assuming... Royal baby, woman has baby.
2: Absolutely, what it's is exciting, exciting, isn't it? You know,
1: is it? I just, yes, I it's somebody, a new life. No, somebody said to me, it would be exciting yeah. if this child was totally dim at school, couldn't find a job, had to go and live into a council house, got thrown out because they couldn't afford to pay the rent, mm. uh, married somebody because they were up the duff, and, and then take it on for it. Because otherwise, I mean, it doesn't make any difference with the royal baby. They get it's completely separate life from anything that we know. Mm. You ever met the royals? Any of the royals? Yes. Yes. I've never met Meghan, but I've met Prince Harry a couple of times. He's lovely. Yeah, he's Absolutely lovely, lovely. But they don't yeah. need to worry about anything. And I've only changed recently, in recent years, when I thought they really don't need to worry right. about what happens because they're never going to be unemployed because they don't need to worry about that No, kind of, right,
2: there's no financial worry. But don't you think there's still the challenges of life to think about? You know, the challenges of being happy. It's not just about that, is I'm it? Unhappy. Well, I, I should hope so. Look at you. What have you got to feel unhappy about, you well, gorgeous man of loveliness? I, the funny it's all thing there.
1: Is, I do, somebody asked me the other day. They said, "Do you ever get lonely?" I said, "You're joking, oh. of course. I never get do lonely. You? No, never. That's I don't get lonely. But how can you, You're surrounded by blooming people all the time? Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate the fact you could still be lonely, surrounded by loads of people. But if you love your job. And you must love your job. We're very lucky. You work. We're very lucky.
2: Yeah, I mean, I love my job on Smooth Radio. It's brilliant, isn't it? Who wouldn't love that? And it's so easy. Don't say that. No, it is. What are you (laughs) doing to me, Steve? It's difficult. Do you think it's See, difficult? Well, it's quite difficult for me, to be fair. I, no, it's I, not? I very worked no, hard not. to open the page. Do you him. have a lovely producer? Yes. Yeah. I am Mary. She's lovely. Really. Yes. Oh. She's really good. She, because it's
1: difficult. Because you have to rely on. I have to rely on him yeah. to push the right buttons and to yeah. and to do the bits and pieces. Because well, I can't do that.
2: I do my own buttons, but then I've got. Um, do you? Uh, yes, but then it, there's a lot of music, isn't there? Yeah. There's a lot of time for me to play in the music and gather my thoughts. Whereas when you're on, you are on. Yes. You are talking, talking, talking for yes. three hours. You but see I it was, keep it going. I Everybody says talk. to me,
1: how do you know what, what to talk about? I say, well, I know you have a dinner party. You don't yeah. sit down there going, what am I going to talk about? I'll talk about, well, the weather, that'll be quite good, or the baby. You just talk. Yeah, and it's have easy. a nice chat, don't and you? You just have a nice chat. And at the end of the day, I've had some cup of coffees. I've been to the toilet three times. I might have had a strawberry or something like that, or a chocolate yeah. biscuit. And I'm right. quite happy. Yeah. And then I go home, and on the way home, I get a Greg's double bacon bun. Mm.
2: And that keeps wow. me going.
1: You see, look at you. So There's what does he want you. then? That's
2: not true. Dr- I'm just trying to think. So what does your producer, he, he should have breathed he smiles. me. smiles. Does he? And, and that's they're supposed comforting.
1: to think that you're funny a lot of the time. Oh, and yeah. as you can only see the top half of him, you have to work on the assumption he is smiling.
2: <laughs> Sometimes
1: it's it's not. It's right of a of, grimace. <laughs> it's more of a grimace with him going. Oh. You can see him talking to somebody out of shot. Nervously. Nervously. <laughs> all, all they have to do with me is if I say something that I think is funny or witty or something like that. He's your he's your guide because yeah, you can't that's imagine true. the people.
2: No. No, all. I agree. It's like if you said something that you hoped was a bit hilarious, I find that unsmooth, and Then you look up, and she's gotcha. just sort of, you know, doing the crossword or something. You
1: uh, like, oh, worry. But to, so, but she happens, never so you, is. you've done all these jobs so fast. So you've done yes,
2: we've done. know, so well, I've been a shoe shine. Um, oh, who knew? Um, you put um, polish on shoes with your hands.
1: My and father used to put on with his fingers on his fingers,
2: and then rub him with the palms. It's yes, the warmth. used to set fire to it.
1: To Wow! Used to set fire to it. The actual tins of polish you to would light it. to warm it and to melt uh, it, and then that would give you that diamond shine.
2: Diamond shine and really protect the leather. It's yes. the old skills, isn't who, who it? Shoes? Um, Do
1: you shine shoes? What well, no. I mean,
2: to be, I mean, to be honest, mine aren't even leather. I didn't like to tell the shoe what shine. I've
1: got a plastic.
2: I think. Plastic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I told you this time of <laughs> the morning, people tell you things. he got a good shine things. on that. And I was like, <laughs>
2: oh, I don't think they don't think an animals. How many no colours shoes. are in your hair? How many colours? Well, the roots are very different from the tips, obviously. Uh, I don't know why. Why
1: do you ask me that? I asked you that because when you see people on. (laughs) No (laughs) sleeve, I'm just trying to make sure I
2: don't swear on air. We don't mind. Worry. They're used to hearing me swearing. Sometimes really? my, my boss
1: will send me a text going, oh, Steve, I don't think you should have said that word. <laughs> does it? it doesn't matter. No, why don't you the, ask me about that? Because when you're on television, you have yeah. to make sure that your hair shines. Oh, does And in the mean? early Hollywood days, they would get up at five in the morning to be on the set for nine, and it would involve backcombing the hair, spraying it with... Uh, like shimmer.
2: Shimmer. And then they used to brush it with a silk scarf over the brush that's and right. all of that. And
1: yeah. So when you're on television yes. and I can look at your hair and I can, I don't know, I might see about three different colours. And I'm thinking, that's what it needs to give your hair depth and to height. depth
2: and height shine, I know. I know. Yeah. Well, there's always, and width. I mean, I've got a lot of hair. Oh, but I...
1: width, I tell you. Don't talk to me about width. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell you a chapter verse on width. <laughs> so you, have, But you have to be aware because for for women on television, it's more demanding. There's Jesus. much more competition, I think, in sort of people going, oh, I don't like this high definition television stuff. Well,
2: I know, I know. When you get to my age, who when needs Your that? age, <coughs> fifty-one. You're never. You're like, oh well. you are so
1: well trained. Oh, I know. You? I'm so good at this.
2: <laughs> I hope, hope I get
1: a job. So listen, I've, 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 I've given her a set of papers. Yes,
2: you have, and all I'm looking at is myself. So, She's looking so, "Globals Make Some Noise" is in the Sun today because yeah. one of my twenty-four jobs was to be the showbiz editor of the Sun. And I had to go in and, and pitch the stories that you know Simon Boyle or Dan Wooden would normally be pitching to yeah. the editor uh, in their morning meeting. It was really exciting.
1: Yeah, it is. I've never
2: done it before. I didn't come from newspapers.
1: Where did you come from?
2: I did radio news, um, oh, wow. and then. TV, at ITV News. So, um, yes, it was really exciting. I love that. Because Dan
1: now oversees a coterie of journos who doesn't put this he? thing together. Yeah, yeah. But he also appears on television himself.
2: Yes, he's a star of the Lorraine show and many other and he's things, He's popped isn't up he? on Lorraine many a yeah. time, many a yeah.
1: time. And then last night he popped up on the uh, Celebrity Big Brother thing. Oh, did he? Yes, he was on that. How do people get any sleep nowadays? I've got I no don't idea. I do runs
2: all over the place, doesn't he? Th- yeah, well, what time
1: do you go to bed then? Well, I've got little kids as well.
2: Well, they're not so little, actually. oldest one's 12 now, I know. And that's part of the problem, actually, (laughs) that they they want to stay up later than I need to. So um, I I get a little bit anxious if I'm in bed much later than half nine, ten. But I always end up, you know frequently, like, there's always so many things isn't there to keep you up late. Like, what about you? Are you, disciplined? Are you ruthlessly disciplined? Yeah. What time are you asleep?
1: 5.30. Yeah, well, you probably need to be. Yeah. Because
2: what time are you, would you be up?
1: I woke up last night at 11. Did you? Yeah. Why? Well, because that's... that's I've had enough sleep. Five 5.30 to 11. Then 11 o'clock, then I, I get up, uh, go to the bathroom, do the usual ablutions, uh, go to the kitchen, make a cup of coffee, go and sit in front of the television, check the yeah. news... And then have a nice shave. And I like to take about an hour and a half to get ready. Ah. Then the car will pick me up, bring me into work. Right. And then I go through the, the papers w- with the producer and, and wow. it works like that.
2: So you're really awake
1: by yeah. the time People think go I go that. home to bed, but of course I've been to bed. This is my day. I might go home and snatch an hour after I finish if I haven't got any interviews to do. Yeah. And this week I've got sally Ann. Field to you And then do you do. stay up? Do you yeah. st- and then you do stay yes. up until 5.30. Yeah, by which time I'm like... Yeah, ready to go.
2: I bet you are, and I and I
1: love climbing to bed. I I, I get people writing, going, "Oh, you're so lucky, able to sleep. I can't sleep." Mm. And I go, "Well, I stopped drinking a short while ago. Mm. Although at the Cliff Richard concert, I did I did relapse. I'm afraid, Mm. drink a bottle of champagne with a friend of mine. But that was okay. That was okay. So I've Mm. not drunk since then." Mm. And then it, it's just the way you do your life. It's, it's no, as you know, it's no good going into business going, oh, I really want to be famous. I want to be this and that because you, you've got to give.
2: Well, a lot of people say, me, oh, I'd love to do what you do. And they say, what time do you get up? And I say, oh, about quarter past two. And they go, oh, I couldn't do that. No. I was like, well, <laughs> you don't want to do what we don't do, do not do my job. No, yeah. no, I know.
1: It's, people think that you come in, you know, and we get well paid for what we do. In fact, the surprising. We have lovely jobs. Yeah, we have nice lovely jobs. We get paid. People yeah. treat you nicely. You get invited out to things like that. But there's a downside and the downside is you've got to give. Yeah. You've got to give. It's it's part of it. So you've done all these jobs. So you've done theatre, yes you've done so I was on Mamma
2: Mia, Shoe Shine, uh, Window Clear. Mamma Mia Mia is unbelievable. it was so much fun. I was doing Waterloo in a, in a bright orange, somewhat a unflattering satin um, jumpsuit thing, uh, which I didn't want to take off
1: afterwards. You want to keep it? Yeah,
2: it's covered in sparkles. Is it, it was nice? Brilliant. Yeah. It was like a big stretchy baby, though. It was brilliant. Oh. Uh, with wing collars. Uh, it's fabulous. I was trying to channel my inner Agnita. Um, and then uh, and loads of others. Oh, my gosh, I can't think of a single one. So we've been Oh, I was a personal trainer.
1: Ooh. About I know. Do you do personal training? Well, no. I mean, do you do exercise? Not really. Oh.
2: I need to do more, but we do, you know, need to do more. Oh. Um What else have we done? I can't think of a single one. What else have we done? <laughs> I had literally gone to pieces. It's got literally to pieces. What? Uh, oh, 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 yeah. I was a sous chef. I've been in sous. This all is right. all in the last 24 hours, but we've just had a little and a half kip Uh the, the when she says little, like, she
1: means little. She means like hour and a half.
2: Yeah, it was about an hour and a half. It. I and I've le- woken up and I'm like, ah, I don't know where I am. Now. <laughs> Sometimes it's worse. Is it? To see Steve? For an hour. You went oh, gold.
1: Sure, I can. Cut. I have to <laughs> so let you go. Been, do you
2: want me to go now? Well, I have to
1: let you go because oh, you've got to go to the yeah, next Yeah, I've got to go to the next thing.
2: So I'm now going to be Piers Morgan's runner. On oh, Good Morning Britain, that's my next job. So I've got to go in and warm up the seat in the uh, oh, in the studio for him. him he and he have... you instructions? Yes, I've got a full list of things to do. I've got to polish the mirrors to make sure he can see himself better <laughs> in there. Uh, I've got to do the whole thing. He has a particular colour of tea. It's like a perfect shade of
1: tan. Oh, no, Mariah Carey had that. I'm sure. Really, she had to have tea at the right temperature. Yes, they used to have a thermometer to check. Yes. what Yes, t- and I used to think, well, that's probably quite right, actually. But to be honest,
2: he's actually very sweet and not that demanding. Know, but we I, don't want to, we no. don't want to ruin the fun and the illusion, I've do we? I've known for years, <laughs> yeah. and
1: every goes, oh, he's so horrible. You get actually, he's not. I know. He's, right? actually, he's actually really nice. And people go, no, he really annoys me, but I get that as
2: well. Yeah, if you're a politician, then you might, yeah. uh, you might. Have come on the wrong so, can,
1: can we establish the fact yes. that the main story of the day is baby?
2: Baby is the main story of the day. I think that's what everybody would be wanting to talk about, don't you think, throughout yes, your show? That's,
1: a, that's what I think.
2: And um, I think. how long do you, I mean, do you think she kept it a secret? Didn't until tell her after, you know, Eugenie got married. No, they told
1: Eugenie's wedding. That's they told they to- who? Yes, well, that's when they told everybody. Did they? Yes, Sarah Ferguson. Oh, I
2: didn't
1: Sarah Ferguson's retaliated and said, "Oh, but you know, my my daughter's just got married. But I never mentioned Meghan's pregnancy at all in a oh, tweet. Really? There's always been a bit of that kind of friction thing. But that's mm. what makes it fun. Mm. It would be so dull if they were all sweetie, sweetie nice. Oh, isn't that lovely? But anyway, yeah. listen, lovely." Thank OK, you. brilliant.
2: All right. You happy I with go, that? Do you want me to run?
1: Well, you don't have so, to look, run. So, I but... say
2: the best story of the baby. Sorry, yes, you're go right. <laughs> it's baby. I, It's all about Fracking. the baby, isn't it? Fracking. Fracking, yes, some extraordinary scenes, weren't there, of people, like, putting their arms into concrete to not be moved and things like that. Enough. Bless really you. Good. good luck. Do you want me to go? I'll run. i Hope I'll you raise loads good of money. Good luck. I'm going to jump in the car now. Jump yes. in a taxi now. So can I listen to you yes. talking about these brilliant papers on yes. the way? Yes. No, we're going
1: to be talking about you for the next 15 minutes. Are so you? ca- oh I'm going to give God. you a chance to get in the car and then we'll talk about you. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh, no, I don't want to hear it. You do want to hear it. Do it before I get in the car
1: in the next 10 no, minutes. No, I'm going to wait till you get in the car. Anyway, okay. it's waiting.
2: All right, I'll run.
0: This is LBC. Here, Steve Allen live every Sunday morning from five and Monday to Friday morning from four.
1: Thank you to Kate Garraway, who by now should be in the car. You had two minutes to get into the car, and uh then off she goes now. She'll be on Good Morning Britain very shortly because she's being I think, uh, Piers Morgan's assistant. She's going to be sort of like his runner. It's going to be a nightmare. You know what he's like. You know what he's like. He'll be complaining left, right and centre. Seat's got to be warm. She's got to do so many different bits and pieces. And she's had an hour and a half sleep. So I was quite grateful. When we, when they said she'll be, she'll be coming in at four o'clock in the morning, I went, you're joking. Four o'clock in the morning. But the trouble is, she is she is a morning person. And she can do it. So, But even so, nice to get the sleep occasion. But she's done Mamma Mia. She's done shoe shining. There's tons of th- stuff she's uh, she's got to do. Something like 19, 20 jobs she's going to be doing. And uh, she's doing it to raise money for Global's Make Some Noise. And you've been extremely generous. If you go to makesomenoise.com... You can find all the terms and conditions and you can donate as well and help spur her on because that charity, Globals Make Some Noise, helps change young lives. And we're looking forward to raising lots and lots and lots of money. And with her help, and at the end of it, she'll be going exhausted. But uh, bless her heart for coming in at that time in the morning. I thought it was quite a good question about the hair colour, actually. I was quite impressed by that because I remember seeing Selena Scott in the lift at ITN once. And I remember looking at her hair and hers was about 14 different colours. That's what it appeared to me. I might have been... I don't know. I might have got the whole thing wrong.
0: This is the best of Steve Allen on LBC.
1: Yesterday, a friend of mine sent me a, a text and said, Steve, are you watching Loose Women? Brosseron. on. I went, woo! Love Bross. You know, me and Bross. Well, actually, Luke, we love Luke's the sensible one, but uh, Matt's the argumentative little so-and-so. And anyway, so they did a big thing about Bross were coming in. They don't live in this country. They've got nothing to do with here. They only come back here to take money off you. And they argue all the time. The panel are quite keen to point out that they argue all the time. Obviously, Matt thinks he's some big star to be reckoned with. He's doing the Mirage, but he's only doing, I think, three days a week until the end of November. Then that, that finishes. Where he goes after that, Gold alone knows. But he turns up yesterday... He's fifty now, and uh, he's he's got this funny, I don't know what sort of thing it is. I don't know if it's a hair transplant. If it's stuck on or sprayed on, it's a bit difficult to tell. But normally he wears this sort of hat. But he's so miserable. Talk about unexciting in show business. You'd have to stick a rocket up his ass to make sure. Oh, do beg your pardon. I'm so sorry. I got carried away. Then <laughs> I'm not. You know, I'm not saying you. you you can't say rocket. Rocket's not allowed. It's a rude word. I mean, I just thought, you're on television. You know, you were part of the biggest boy band of the 1920s. And uh, and then they and then you come out there and you look as miserable as sin. I said, come on, play the game. But he didn't. I'm so sorry I said that rude word. It's not like me at all, actually. Yesterday morning at this time, we had Kate Garraway in. And then she turned up on Loose Women. Bless her heart. She looked all right. It looked all right. She looked a lot better than I did at that time of the morning and um, and then she was able to sort of mention Globals Make Some Noise and the charity and how many of these jobs she was doing. It was good. And then we had Bross on afterwards, and that's when it all went a bit downhill, actually, as far well as I was going. Luke was great. Luke was personable. You know, big smiles, this. Made about 60 films, successful, and the rest of it. Matt looked as miserable as sin. Seriously. And there's a film out. I can't remember what it's called. I'm sure it'll appeal to the Brossettes. And uh, and that's you know that's that's what they that's what they they choose to do. It's just that you expect Matt, if he's in show business, to actually turn on a bit of charm, and you know, and smiles and everything else. I mean, he must he looks terribly lonely. He really does. I'm sure he isn't, but he does he does worry about that. Somebody says your your language this morning is shel- shameful. Well, because of one word, uh, pfft, as they say, come cool, honestly, people nowadays. Uh, Gary says, don't worry about your slip-up with the A-word. Kenny Everett always got away with calling his movie star character Cupid's stunt, apparently. Yes, I remember that very well indeed. And uh, Scott says, I nearly choked on my toothbrush. But obviously not with a mouth that size, Scott, eh? But we put it in sideways. He says, I can't believe you'd use language like rockets at this time of the day. I Well, you know, pfft, who cares? Shelley wrote to me and says, dear Lord... What the hell was that on Matt Goss's head? Last time I saw anything like that, it was dead on a road. Well, I don't know what it is. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. I really, I don't know. I don't know if it's a weave. It's, it's certainly not his. Absolutely not his. It looks most peculiar because his, his brother is, uh, is bald. Luke is completely bald. And they are twins. And I'm assuming it works like that. No, one, one goes bald, the other one goes bald. And um, I, was, I was sort of looking at it. Perhaps that's why He's upset. Perhaps he knows that people are more interested in the hair. At one time, did you notice they did a couple of close-ups on his hair? Which but they were very much concentrating on the arguments that they have because they split up for years. They didn't say anything to each other for ages and ages and ages. Because, and, I, and I don't know whether, who, who's actually at fault. Luke seemed to be very chatty and very, you know, big smile and all the rest of it and happy to be there, whereas sort of Matt, miserable old so-and-so. I've never known anybody so unhappy. Can't you smile on something like that? I mean, why would you want to be unhappy? Yeah, because we really love this this programme and uh, we'd like to say thank you to all the fans. Yeah, well, if they repeated it once, they repeated it three times. You know, we're quite well aware of that and they've got this little film out. Whether they make money out of it, I've got no idea. Unless it comes out on DVD, which I suppose it will and I suppose I shall probably buy it. Matt Abros looks like he's had an awful lot of work done to his face. He doesn't have any facial expression. No, the, oh, perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps that's why, oh, that could be it, that could be it. He might have had lots of... so. His top lip appears not to move. He's got no bags under his eyes. He's 50. He's 50. He's in the desert. You know, he should be all wrinkled, but I suspect he's had loads of Botox. I've got a male friend who's addicted to cosmetic surgery, says Ulrika, and he's lost the ability to express his feelings through facial movement. He's still a nice friend, but just he can't express any feelings. Perhaps that's what it is, because Luke was, you know, very expressive. Matt... Uh, 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 nothing moves it could be first of all funny hair now funny face but there's definitely no lines under his eyes
0: if you enjoyed this podcast listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am